What's up, everybody? Good morning. Thank you for listening and joining us on this podcast. Thanks for everyone for the shout shout outs on Instagram. And it's pretty much on Instagram. I think that's what everyone uses now. Um, I heard someone say something interesting the other day. And he said, you know, in five years from now, no one's going to be using Twitter and no one will care. And he said, you look back at MySpace and what it was. So he said, people get so involved in these social media platforms. And he said, and they won't even be using them in five years. Something to think about when you organize your time. But today, uh, the title of this one is Don't Be That Guy. Um, This is actually the most requested subject um, people have asked me to talk about, and it's the subject of humility. So I'm going to kind of go from uh, probably spend more time talking about arrogance than humility, but uh, uh, kind of a, I guess, a a good opening segment to a, a podcast like this, and we'll revisit it in the future. But you know, when uh, my wife and I bought a car in the last, I guess it's been two years, we went to the Jeep dealership. She wanted a Jeep Grand Cherokee. And we had this Jeep picked out. We called in. We pretty much do everything online. If you're buying a car, it's not the best idea just to show up to a place and be like, hey, what do you have? Like, do your research, figure out with the, with the like, uh, add-ons that you're getting, how much you should be paying, and then you just call the places and have them like do battle against each other and pick the one you want. But so we we went in, we'd found one that was a, a great deal in this new um, Jeep Grand Cherokee, and uh, we get the salesman um, who uh, greets us at the door. And from the beginning, he's just one of those guys that rubs you the long way, wrong way. I, I have a lot of grace for salesmen because I was a salesman for a long time. I'm actually still a salesman because I'm I'm preaching the gospel. So ultimately it's sales is, they say, is a transfer of emotions. Sales is influence. Sales is, uh, I don't like to use the word convincing, but it's influence, right? You're influencing someone to make a decision and preaching the gospel is no different. I'm still in sales. Just, uh, I went from selling home security and automation to eternal life insurance, right? Um, so I have a lot of grace for salesmen because I was one. But this guy, man, um, the I'm with my wife. We walk inside. He immediately starts talking about cars, and he's this, like, cocky guy. And he pulls out his phone. He's like, let me show you my car. I drive a Chevy. And he pulls up his phone and goes to open the pictures. And I'm standing there, like, he's showing me his phone. And he, like, goes to slide to the picture of this car, and he slides this past a picture of, like, this scantily clad woman. Thankfully, she wasn't naked, but like someone, a girl he had taken a picture of that was next to the picture of his phone. And I'm like, this guy and I are polar opposites. But he just like, he just had this arrogant thing about him. Like, man, I'm the man, you know? And and being in sales and being in that industry, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of um, this idea of like, I'm a self-made man. We watch, if you go on YouTube, and I don't encourage you to do it, but motivational videos, we can have another conversation about motivation. I think motivation is garbage. I think discipline is important. But anyway, motivational videos in sales, people like it. And we watch these motivational videos and they talk about being a self-made man. Like where I got, where I am now, no one got me here. I got, I got here by myself. But that's really what arrogance is. You know, when we look at why people resist the gospel, the word that I always come back to is the word autonomy. And it basically means I just want to, it's the Burger King slogan, have it your own way, right? You can't have it your own way and go to heaven. Uh, We went out to breakfast the one time and we were in DC and, you know, you go to a restaurant and there's an item you want and then you make a small change to it. Hey, can I do this? But instead of having this cheese, can I have blue cheese instead or whatever? And so there's this like breakfast sandwich 
And um, I remember the story clearly just because of how shocking it was. The waitress is there, and I'm like, can I have this breakfast sandwich? I don't want the bacon. Can I do avocado instead? I've, I've requested this many times at many different places, and they always humor you. I mean, every once in a while you find a place, and they're like, oh, we don't have avocado. I'm like, cool, chicken sausage. Do you have something? I just don't do pork. And I said, I said to the lady, can I, can I uh, have this breakfast croissant and no bacon, can I do avocado? And she's like, this isn't Burger King. You can't have it your way. And I was like, of all, <laughs> of all the ways that you could have said that as a waitress, this isn't, this isn't New York City. This isn't, I'm not getting a, this isn't a soup kitchen. I'm not getting a free meal. I'm a paying customer. You didn't say, hey, I'm sorry, we can't do substitutions, which would have been fine to say. She looked me in the eyes and said, this isn't, the, this isn't Burger King. You can't have it your way. Oh, my goodness. We t- probably tipped that day, but we probably shouldn't have. But anyway, that's the slogan of pride and arrogance. Is, and that's the slogan of people who resist the gospel is, I want to do it my way. I'm a self-made man. What humility is, the opposite of arrogance and pride, is humility is understanding that nothing that you have comes from you and you are completely dependent on God. Humility bows itself before God because it says, there's nothing that I could have achieved on my own. So from creation, man, I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God. I didn't create myself. That's where humility, I believe, begins, is understanding we were created. The, 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 the fact that we're even alive. No one chose to be alive. Everyone showed up to planet Earth, right? I'm here, and, and God put me here. I didn't come here on my own. The air that I breathe, I didn't create the air that I breathe. I didn't create the ground that I lived on. For anyone to say they are a self-made man, it's the most ridiculous thing. Who carried you in, in their womb for nine months? You didn't do that. No one is a self-made man. Arrogance puts its success on itself, where humility bows itself to God and says, God, every good thing, every good gift and perfect gift has come from you. So the posture that get, that gets God's attention is this posture that, that maintains the reality, hear me on this, that maintains the idea and the truth that I am man and he is God. And there's a big difference and without him, I can do nothing. You know, the Bible actually says the reason this is important, people, people sometimes think they know a subject. And this is a subject you could study for a long time on and we could talk for a long time on. But the Bible says that God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. And so the truth is, whether you know you're prideful in any way or not, it doesn't actually matter. It matters that you are prideful and God is going to resist you. You actually make yourself where you oppose yourself to God by having a characteristic of being arrogant in any area. People wonder why they have trouble seeing breakthrough, wonder why they have trouble seeing open doors. And a lot of it just comes down to an arrogance of who they are and what they've done. You know, the, the kingdom mindset is, is servant leadership. That word minister is actually uh, a fancy word for servant. That's the meaning of it. The, 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 when Paul's talking to the Corinthian church and he said, you know, Paul planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. Uh, he said, we're just servants for your sake, ministers for your sake. He was actually like using a, a Greek word that meant deacon. The deacon's job was actually to wait the tables when they would give, do, do food service. And so he's saying, hey, as a minister of the gospel, I'm just the waiter who came to the table. My job isn't that important in that specific scripture, he was saying, you know, the church is divided there. The Corinthian church is divided because one says I'm of Paul, one says I'm of Apollos, one Peter, one says I'm of Christ. He said, 
are they divided? He said, does the, does the waiter actually matter in the equation of your meal? It's the one who's cooking the food. And here's a newsflash. God's the one cooking the food. He's the only one that matters. The food and the, and the cook are the only one that matters. The waiter doesn't matter. He's just the one telling, reading you the menu. And so that's what uh, humility does, is it understands that in the, the order of things, in our world, in our society, where we are, we, from start to finish, everything that, that we have has come from Him. You know, look around you. What, is it, what are the best things in your life? You know, my marriage relationship came from God. I asked the Lord for my wife, and He gave me a wife. Man, the Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. I, uh, you know, someone asked me yesterday, um, what's been the most, uh, what's been the biggest surprise for you about your marriage? Um, and I said, well, that, that's an interesting question. I said, is that from what perspective from before, like right before I was married or when I was 16 years old? And they said, well, when you were both, when you were 16. And I said, well, when I was a teenager, people really made it seem like marriage was this extremely difficult thing. I just talked to people. Like I remember having Bible school student friend who was like, you know, I've said this before, you know, uh, Marriage is awesome, but stay single as long as possible. But that like puts this picture of like marriage is this terrible thing that you just have to wade your way through and somehow it's good, but it's kind of sucks as well. But this, I said, marriage has been easier than I expected it to be. It's been awesome, but it's because we've, I found a wife that the Lord gave me. He didn't give me a contentious woman. He didn't give me a woman who's trying to argue all the time. He gave me something that's a blessing to my life and understanding that every single thing that we have has come from him. So don't be that guy who takes credit where he can't take credit. It's crazy to me. You hear about, you know, you look at arrogance and even in the ministry, being around the ministry, not here, not with Pastor Rodney at all. He's um, one of the most humble people I've ever met. Uh, And thankfully around here, Pastor Rodney protects us. And so we don't get to see ministries that are, you know, arrogant people, but you can kind of see this where people get, the Bible talks about getting puffed up in pride because of knowledge. It's like, man, how the brain that you're using to process this was made by God. The, The revelation came from the Holy Spirit. If you have any revelation on any subject, that revelation came because the Holy Spirit gave it to you. You can understand nothing about the gospel without the Holy Spirit. How about this? To get born again, it was actually the work of the Holy Spirit who allowed you to humble your heart to even repent. You cannot repent without the help of the Holy Spirit. Impossible. So take the Holy Spirit out of the equation and you can't even become a Christian. It's impossible for you to become a Christian on your own accord. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Obviously, Jesus dying on the cross, there was no redemption without Jesus dying on the cross. There's nothing that man can do on his own that is any good. I'll say that again. There's nothing that man can do on his own that is any good. Because even if someone amasses all the wealth and is wildly successful in the world standard, it's in the real scale. I'm not even going to say man scale. I'm saying in the real scale of things, success is not what Steve Jobs did. The Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world to lose his own soul? So it says having riches without God is not a profit. It's a loss. And so when, when we have the right perspective of our need for God, that he is God, we are man. So there's no place of pride that's owed to us. There's no, there's no option. What are you going to boast in? Give me something that you've done. Well, you know, I built up this business. Okay, well, who gave you the brain that processed the information? Who gave you the skills to go talk to somebody? Who gave you whatever it is? It's all from God. And so it's a heart that starts, that starts and it may not, you may not feel it at first. You may not have this deep conviction of like, you may say, I need help when it comes to humility. And that's the first place to do. This is, I, I was able to teach a, a course on prayer and uh, 
The truth is between humility and, and pride, humility prays. Pride doesn't take time to pray. And that might sting hard, but if you're a person who hasn't taken time to pray, that's partially a pride. Because the truth is, if you understood how much you needed God on a daily basis, you would, you would be on your face before him every single day, like, Lord, help me. Lord, grace me to serve you. The, the, the reason that your life is actually acceptable to God is because he's worked in you enough to where you please him. Your life pleases him. Your heart pleases him. And so for us, humility prays. Humility says, I need help. Pride says, I got this. I got this on my own. And so there comes a point for us as Christians where we have to examine, and it's, and it's the Holy Ghost. We don't live under like this, this worry that, you know, we're doing things wrong. We ask the Lord. He's the one who graces us. Holy Spirit, is there an area in my life when I walk in, where I walk in pride? Is there an area where I'm really good in an area naturally, but it's become a prideful thing? You know, this is, I'm really good at this. This is my deal. You know, when we look, I think uh, there's, there's an outward arrogance, like the salesman at the Jeep dealership. If you're buying a car in Tampa, don't go to, what is it, Jeep, Jim Brown Jeep. Uh, I'll put them on blast here on the podcast. Uh, and if you do and you get, you'll recognize them when you come in, just ask for a different set. We, it got to the point where we were almost like, we don't want to buy this car because I don't want this guy getting a commission. It got so bad with this guy. But anyway, um, there's an outward arrogance like that that you can see, but there's also a hidden pride. People think humility looks like a person who just is, you know, gets walked over all the time, person who's got their head bowed the whole time. That's not humility. Humility actually boasts. I want you to hear this. The Bible says, my, sh- my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear and be glad. Boast, the, the humble people actually boast, but they boast in the Lord. I was having a conversation with a friend and we were talking about finances. And I said, King David got up in First Chronicles 29 and actually talked about everything he gave. People say, when you give, don't give and tell people about it. No, that's almsgiving. Almsgiving is specifically when you give to the poor. Because if I go up on stage and I'm like, yeah, this lady came to church uh, last week and she couldn't afford her rent for the month, so we helped her out. And that puts her on, that puts her at a place where she's being um, not made fun of, but she's being looked down upon because she couldn't afford something. And we're, we're putting that. So the Bible says, when you do your arms, don't let your, when you give arms, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Do it secretly that no one knows. You shouldn't tell anybody. Yeah. You know, you can say I gave money to the poor, but you shouldn't say, oh yeah, that person over there, you know, I really helped them. There was one time they were in a tough spot that degrades them. But King David got up and, and, and said, you know, I'm giving this much, I'm giving this much. And it was in the billions. According to today's money, the last time I checked it a couple years ago, it was like $4.2 billion that he gave out of his own private treasury. He said, hey, I've done everything from the kingdom, but out of my own private treasury, I'm giving 4.2. How, how crazy? Why, why, why does God have it set up that he would do that? Because it provokes other people. He said, and then he said, if anyone's willing to give willingly, if you're good to give willingly, get up and give and do. And then there's a standard set. Because if a minister gets up and he's like, doesn't tell amounts, but he's like, you know, but if he gets up and says, you know, the Lord put it on my heart to give $100,000 towards this ministry, that provokes people where a $10 gift, if someone can afford a thousand, a $10 gift is no longer enough, you know, it provokes people. But that's a boasting that says God has done this. There's a, there's a boasting that says, I'm not saying boasting in what you're giving, but boasting like, Lord, the Lord has blessed me. There's a humility is actually saying, I could have done none of this on my own. Look at me. I'm the foolish things of the world. And look how God has blessed me. That's God's work that did that. 
I can't take credit for this. Nothing about what I've done is me doing it. So humility is a posture of your heart towards God that says, God, I recognize that every good good gift I have, everything that I have in my life is from you. My, my wife is from you. My house is from you. Uh, my whole life is from you. I, I couldn't function without you. You're the one who puts breath in my lungs. You're the one who's building a home for me in heaven. Lord, there's nothing that I have outside of you. And it's a humbling of your heart. And then it, 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 humility will ultimately refle- reflect your relationship with others. Because a lot of people, it's, it's about, and it's an, it's a, you have to be able to examine your motives. And I don't think it's a one-time thing. Like when you look and say, man, I'm, I am doing this not because I want to be this great ministry. I'm doing this because I want to please God. Humility aims to please God. Flesh and pride aims to be seen. And that's the big difference. If you, if you look and say, man, I do this because I want people to see. I dress this way because I want people to see. I even, even good things. I, I go out and I do this and I tell people about it because I want to be seen. You have to take inventory because ultimately, if you're in pride, even if you don't admit it, you are, you are being resisted by God in an area. And I want to tell you, it's not worth it. The Bible t- says in Colossians 3.13 to clothe yourself with humility. It's actually something you put on be of the same mind of Christ. Man, he humbled himself. Why does Jesus have a name that's above every name? Because he humbled himself. And that's ultimately our calling. Humility is the, the biggest relief on planet earth. We can talk about that in the future. Humility is an utter relief because it's like, it's not my kingdom that I'm building. It's the kingdom of God. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, tune in tomorrow. Again, if you haven't, please share on Instagram. It actually really helps us. We're uh, gaining more and more listeners because people are sharing on their Instagram feed. So take a snapshot and then tag uh, Krista and I, if you don't mind. You guys are awesome. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.